it's, the whatever's going whatever's going on at Northern right now works pretty well. We haven't lost there in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. All right, welcome to episode 16 of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. With the CCHA on the horizon, a lot of fans are wondering what will be different from the WCHA days. So we decided to reach out to the newly hired Director of Strategic Communications and Brand Advancement, Dominic Hennig, uh, to talk about the future for the WCHA. Thanks for joining us, Dominic. My pleasure. Future for the CCHA, I think you meant there. CCHA. Well, I, I brought up the, yeah, maybe I said Keeping it Keeping you on Whatever. brand already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there isn't much future for the WCHA. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's probably not too much longer, huh? <laughs> yeah. So this week we'll be mainly focused on the CCHA, but depending on time, we'll get into the Joe Show, reviewing the Mega Sweep and preview the Lake State Split Series and the BSU Series ahead. All right, before we take a break, I want to touch on one thing. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from our patrons. You can become one at patreon.com slash Guide. We'll be doing monthly Zoom chat with special guests. These monthly chats are available at the white level, which is just $2 a month. If you have anyone you'd like to suggest for one of these chats, please let us know. We may try to squeeze in a second one this month, although that's rapidly uh, running out of time. Since we did miss January, I think I'm going to try and reach out to Coach Sean to see if we can get him on for another chat since it's been a while, and I think he's a good one to kind of catch up on, especially during this season. Since the podcast has started, we've done extended versions of the podcast for our patrons at the black level or above, which is $5 a month. At the gold level, for $10 a month, you get access to everything we've mentioned and the Zoom video of our podcast before the rest is out. You also get an authentic MTU jersey patch for being at the black level, black level or above. Um, everybody at the black level last week actually got access to the Zoom video. If you didn't know that, you could go back and check that out. All right, enough of that. Let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and discuss the CCHA with Dominic Hennig. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, welcome back. So let's get right into things with Dominic Hennig. First off, what exactly does your role with the CCHA entail? Hey guys, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and 
this is uh, obviously you guys have a well-known fan base in collegiate hockey, uh, in <laughs> Michigan Tech and whatnot throughout the CCHA. So uh, thanks for, for, for thinking of me. Um, when you ask about my role, I, I think it's literally, literally everything uh, with the external image of the league. So, um, you know, the website the social media, uh, the graphics, the press releases, the email blasts, um, down to the live stats component, the uh, official video review in each rink. Um, you know, a potential app might be coming out for this league. Um, and, and basically anything and everything, a fan, player, agent, parent, student, um, you know, may encounter when it comes to the league. Of course, I work under the direction of Don Lucia, and he is uh, our commissioner and, and my boss and, and the person that I follow his guidance with, um, as well as a few other, you know, members of, of league staff. But, um, you know, with, with my title, you know, being director of strategic communications and brand advancement, it's anything that has to do with the brand or the image of the franchise, I think is the best way to describe, uh, you know, what my role oversees. Okay. Any of you guys have questions before I get into some of the ones I've written down? Yeah, I think the first one that I want to ask is, do you kind of see this role as trying to revive a brand that's been dead for over a half decade? Or do you see it as kind of like building a conference identity from scratch? Or is it some kind of hybrid of both? Like, how are you kind of going in? Like, what mentality are you taking to the role? You know, it's a great question. We've actually had those discussions internally as a league um, with our coaches and with our athletic directors and staff. I mean, do we want to you know, be the, the, the old CCHA where we don't have, you know, some universities still with us, um, do we, or do we just want to start fresh and, and be our new identity? And I think when you look at our history and, um, the brand the CCHA had for what, 30 years since the 1970s to 2013, was it, um, you know, it's pretty tough just to let that go. And, you know, uh, I think that the, the WCHA opponents, or excuse me, teams are coming back to this league. They, they chose this league, this brand, this name, um, you know, for a reason. It, it's something special in college hockey, in sports in general. So I think we're going to continue to go with our old name and try to revive that brand a bit. Um, you know, uh, but at the same time, understand that we are different. We are new. I mean, the CCHA didn't mean anything to Minnesota State, to Bemidji State, and St. Thomas, correct? You know, so... Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of both, but at the same time, we do have to understand that we are different, but let's not forget our past as well. And, you know, let's, let's try to grow on that and work, use that with TV deals and, you know, GLIs and, and big showcases and, and, and big markets as well for, for the benefit of the conference, the players, the fans and everybody involved. So you weren't hired yet when the CCHA announced that they were going to use flow hockey like the WCHA currently is. But do you know why flow hockey was chosen? I was not hired yet. Uh, that, I believe, was, was done last spring um, before I was here and before um, Don was here. And so it wasn't something that um, I was part of, so I can't speak on behalf of that. I was hired uh, first week of January, and I don't believe we announced until the second or third week of January. Um, and so this was something that was done last spring. Um, and, uh, I guess I can't really comment on, on, on why, or, or I wasn't part of those discussions. Okay. Uh, last week we had Harrison Watt on, uh, he says hi, by the way. Oh, nice. 
Uh, but we but we went through some of the requirements for streaming games currently in the WCHA. Uh, will the requirements be different in the CCHA? It's a great question, um, and I, I don't know. You guys are kind of the first people asking, um, <laughs> you know, these questions that, that I don't know if it's, it's public or not. I, I can't see why it would, would not be public. Um, but uh, I guess I'll say an AD um, within this league. Um, and I'm sorry, that noise going on is my place. It'll just be a minute and a half. Um, the AD is, uh, there, there was an AD in our league that reached out about wanting to upgrade um, their cameras and ask, will there be streaming rights? I actually have a, a passion in broadcast engineering, um, and that is kind of what I research on um, the old, or in, in my free time. Um, so broadcast engineering is a passion of mine and something that um, I think I could pro provide great detail for, for the CCHA. Um, and so it's great to see ADs already reaching out, requesting rules and regulations for streaming from a league standpoint, as well as also requesting, um, you know, information on recommendations for cameras and uh, the like. So when you talk about CCHA or streaming regulations for the CCHA, those discussions are already underway. They've already been discussed um, in two consecutive meetings with all eight athletic directors. Uh, we have another one tomorrow regarding those, um, and that goes from uh, the league will provide recommendations based on, you know, what professional cameras to use, um, as well as uh, provide recommendations on, you know, color correction and light, um, you know, balancing and correction uh, hardwares as well to continue to, you know, make our streams and productions better. Because we know as a league that, you know, players, recruits, agents, parents, fans, students, sponsors, and the like, uh, everything, everyone's going to be watching our stream stakeholders. And so we need our streams to be as high quality as possible. Uh, the ADs know that, the league knows that, and we're working together as one team and one goal to make that possible for this league moving forward now. And I'm just glad that we're having these discussions in January um, and not in you know September or not in August. Fair enough. Yeah, I think in all honesty, and I don't know how much you've listened to us, or but we whine about that almost every week because it's one of the biggest complaints especially given this year's circumstances that the inconsistency of streams across the current league is night and day difference. You can, you can watch Minnesota state up on one screen and try to watch a Huntsville broadcast on the other screen. And it's the difference between watching a pro level production versus someone that, uh, you know, seems to be doing it as a high school afterthought project. So some consistency across the board and some standards on that. We can only get better <laughs> as we go forward. Hearing that answer definitely excited me as well, because I think especially when we're paying for a product like flow, where it's you know, like 150 bucks a year where we know we're, we're looking at, you know, a bit of a niche sport right now, but we we're looking for, you know, some value to what we're putting some money into. And I think it sounds like you're very cognizant of that. And you're looking to get some better standards going forward. Well, guys, one thing um, that I, I guess, you know, talk is cheap, of course. Um, one thing that I could, I, I, I feel like I may want to mention is, is I've been my own, you know, play-by-play -play broadcaster for the last 13 consecutive years, six of which was at Ferris State. Yeah, I do suppose it, would, it wouldn't hurt to have a little bit of an introduction into your background as well, right? For the folks that don't know, 
Uh, we had Harrison on last week. You were Harrison before Harrison, basically at Ferris State, right? So, <laughs> correct. Yeah. So Harrison had followed me, um, and and so uh, did six years at Ferris State during their quote unquote glory days, and they went to the Frozen Four and the CCHA, and then won the WCHA in year one. Um, and so I, uh, you know, been 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 part of. I've been to every rink with the exception of St. Thomas. I've been to every city. Um, you know, every press box, I've seen every stream, you know, multiple times over. And so that's kind of important to me. It's a, it's a soft spot for me, obviously, the productions, the broadcast, the streams. And then, you know, this last six years, I've been in the Ontario Hockey League where the majority of games are on television and, you know, um, outstanding productions and, and the like. So, um, taking that experience from the OHL and bringing it here to uh, back to the CCHA from a league standpoint, um, I hope to be beneficial uh, for, for our serving our eight ADs, our universities, our fans, our students, our players um, and the like. So uh, I do know how important or, you know, how it's tough to shell out 150 bucks a year for a WCHA stream and, and whatnot. And I can't speak of, um, you know, what's happening now. I just could tell you right now, one of my main forefront focuses eight hours a day is our online stream moving forward and how we're going to be better that make it better for the fans. And again, that goes with recommending new cameras, the right cameras, professional cameras with the right color correction, the right uh, lighting correction, um, as well as recommending, you know, for new buildings and uh, new renovations, the right lighting for television and everything from a broadcast focus, because at the end of the day, that's our image, that's our brand, and you know we, we're going to want to do it correctly. So um, I guess at the end, of the, to answer the question, in the long story short, you know, right now there aren't CCHA guidelines, but, you know, it's, I know we're in just what, second week of February now. These discussions started first, second week of January. Um, and, you know, we still have another nine more months until the drop of the puck. So it's great to be having these conversations now and just know that they are being had at the highest level and the discussions that are happening are important or um, are uh, worthwhile and, and, and have a strong um, sense of uh, will behind it to, to get it done the right way. And that's what matters. Yeah, and I think that answer is a good kind of a segue into another question that I had down, and I'm sorry if this kind of overlaps with a uh, Patreon question, because I don't want to, you know... Oh, don't worry about it. None of them are right. Patreon questions, actually. Oh, okay. So. All right. Well, what I kind of want to get into is my degrees in communication, so you're really speaking my language right now. I really like this kind of stuff. So what I want to talk about is that a lot of fans have been disappointed in the WCHA's branding and communications since the... Uh, the separation since the the original CCHA went down since the formation of the Big Ten. So I'd like to hear you say what you think some of the biggest downfalls the WCHA branding and communications was and what ideas are you hoping to bring to rectify that in the CCHA? Well, Matt, I won't speak to downfalls for the WCHA. <laughs> I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna um, you know talk negatively upon anybody here. That's not who I am as a person. I can respect that. Um, I could explain, I could tell you what I have in mind and what I think, you know, is important. And I think in today's day and age and in the social media world and, and, and the digital world that we live in today, I think we need to have a good image from day number one. And so, you know, if, if we don't have a full-time graphics person on staff or if I'm not capable of creating the, the, the professional graphics, 
you know, right now I'm underway of, of getting proposals from multiple companies to create modern professional template graphics. So our national rankings graphic isn't a screenshot. It's a legit professional image. You know, our, you know, we won't use shots of empty rinks only. We'll go out of our way to use pictures with fans in the background. Um, we're going to color correct our, our video streams for highlights. I can tell you right now, right off the bat, we're, we're looking at doing live highlights for every game at, from a league standpoint. So every night, whenever a CCHA team is playing, the league has already purchased a computer for me uh, that is robust um, and high quality and enough to stream four games constantly, download those games. I could cut highlights live, have them up on Twitter within five minutes. And at the end of the night, to have graphics packages for all four uh, games with eight teams in your league. The most you would have is four in a league night. You make that sound like work, but that sounds like the perfect way to spend a Saturday and Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not complaining. Trust me, it's exactly what I love and why I'm here. So we're, we're talking, you know, highlights in game as well as post game packages, league branded with animations and motion graphics on the front and the back end. Um, all our images and graphics are going to be, you know, modern, high quality, professional. I don't know if you saw my initial announcement of my release, but those type of graphics where I think they're modern, they're clean, they're, they're not too busy, they're, they're um, you know, professional. Um, so, you know, our, our digital elements from a, a static graphic standpoint need to be professional. Our digital elements from a motion graphic standpoint need to be professional. Um, you know, we want to host a, a weekly video. We want to host a weekly podcast. If not weekly, you know, maybe a, a, a monthly podcast. Um, and, you know, from there, uh, just everything we do from a digital standpoint, it needs to be professional. And the way that I'm hoping to do it is outside looking in. I know it's my work, um, but I'm going to ask, you know, 10, 15 people, what do you think of this graphic before I put it out? And until I get the majority of yeses that, hey, that's pro. Um, then we're not posting anything. Um, so everything we do needs to be first class professional from day number one. So I hope that answers your question when it comes to the downfalls. Again, I won't speak to the downfalls of, of the WCHA, but that's my goal and what I hope to do for the CCHA. Yeah, the way you talked about that actually really excited me. It sounded like you're going to make some major improvements in some areas that I've been hoping to see. And I no talk is cheap, but it sounds like you're the kind of guy to get that kind of stuff done so far. Thanks, Pat. Well, the cons- the consistency across the graphics and stuff just it it's amazing how much that lends to some credibility and some professionalism around the league, right? It's huge. It's, yeah, yeah. When you're when you're posting professional, you know, graphics and stuff as opposed to just grabbing screenshots from C or uh, USCHO or anything like that, like it's 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 a little thing that just looks great. Well, the, it's huge. the coordination of press releases as well, right? I mean, when. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but when things were announced with the logo itself, there was a coordination of the logo with the branding, with the coloring of the individual schools in a way that just it looks good. And it looks like someone is taking the time and the effort to care about what's being put out. Yeah, that's another question that I kind of want to ask. I'm sorry to cut no, you no, off, go there, ahead. Rob, but go ahead. did you have a hand in the logo? Because I really love how it's customizable by school. I think it's really sharp looking. I did not. Um, the eight universities um, contracted a marketing firm, and uh, this marketing firm did uh, coordinate that release as well as the micro website. I'm a big fan of the logo as well. I got to admit, um, 
I didn't know that that there was a hockey stick under the logo um, for the first week. Um, and then when I thought that was a hockey stick, I was like, "No way!" Uh, I really yeah, like incredible. this logo. I yeah. love that. <laughs> um, and 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 I'm talking like when I first. This was last year, right? You know, this is before I even had um, interest in the position. You know, um, and and so um, after seeing that logo, having access to all the logo files, like you mentioned, how they're separated by school colors. Um, and then the micro website, I just think, you know, everything they've, they've done so far um, has been first class. And then it, I've been happy with everything the league has done. And then now that it's handed over to me, kind of from a branding standpoint, I could take it from here. And, and so forth, things are good. And guys, I can't stress it enough. I, I wish I could clue you in on the conversations we're having <laughs> between me and the commissioner and the eight university ADs and the eight head coaches. But like we are having progressive great conversations in january and february and really does um you know it, it really makes me believe that this is this will be different this will be this will be fun for the fans the players my goal is i just hope people can tell um can be prideful can, can be happy and proud that they're part of the ccha that's what my goal is at the end of the day so yeah it's definitely it's a different experience right i mean we're we're the teams that we're all a part of the you're in the WCHA because you needed somewhere to go and this is where everybody fell. Uh, the league was you know haphazardly stuck together with who was left from who got abandoned, if you will, right? And while it feels bad to be doing the abandoning a little bit, at the same time, it's a it's a choice by the schools to make things better, which can only be a positive thing. And that's the thing. The, the athletic directors seem like they're serious about making things better and doing things the right way and actually not like not following suit or doing things because other leagues and teams are doing it. They, they want to trump those leagues and teams and, and be the best and be the first to do it in our conversations and, and us be the pathway and the leaders and other leagues follow along. And these are, again, these are just conversations that are being had right now. And it's, it's really refreshing and it's really cool to see and be part of. So just for you guys and your, your, you know, audience, just, I guess, know that there is a lot of people working behind the scenes with the CCHA right now to make this league special. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, just, just to see the change in and of itself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To me, I think another thing that you kind of touched on is it kind of feels like, at least right now, it kind of feels like the CCHA is a destination as opposed to just being lumped in with what's left. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't want to talk about other leagues, and I know that there's other teams that are going to struggle with this when you talk about the Alaska schools and, and Huntsville and, and whatnot. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I love hockey and, 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 you know, collegiate hockey as a whole. So, you know, you don't want to see anybody struggle. But, um, you know, this is the reality of the situation. It's, you know, I, I've been hired on to, to work, excuse me, for this league. And, um, you know, the, the goal is to uh, – make it the best it could possibly be and and right now that's well underway of a lot of improvements and and and, uh, a lot of goals uh, internally so yeah it's nice to see a tight geographic footprint for a league for a change that tech is involved in right Uh, and and not having a the large the larger trips that are out there will be non-conference trips at this point it's kind of nice to see finally some more geographic basis to a conference as opposed to throwing schools together that are left and having to, you know, make do. So it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, 
And a good league when it comes to facilities or arenas, when you actually think about it. I mean, uh, I've heard countless broadcasters tell me Michigan Tech is their favorite rink and atmosphere in the league. So so they're fantastic. Northern Michigan just did, redid their rink and, and video board. Uh, fantastic. I like Lake State. Uh, I got no qualms with Lake State's rink at all. Um, of course, I'm a Ferris State grad and broadcast there. I'm biased there. You know, they have you know one of the loudest rinks in, in collegiate hockey. And then Bowling Green just redid their rink and video board. And, and right up to, to Minnesota State's a beautiful facility and a new video board and a hotel connected to their, to their arena. Um, Bemidji State, absolutely beautiful and, and, and gorgeous. Um, and then St. Thomas, you know, who, who knows what their plans are for if they're going to build a new facility here. And if they do, um, you know, and probably more so when they do, uh, you start to think about this league as a whole. You're thinking, wow, man, these are some special cities, small town cities, but that means their hockey programs, the, you know, the big show in town with beautiful arenas, video boards, and, and you know, good, good coverage with media. It's a good league, and it's a league to be proud, prideful to play in and, and be part of when you really think about it at the end of the day. So, um, you know, that's just the way we look at it internally right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're all, they're all towns where the hockey program is is the big collegiate sport in town, right? Yep. I don't think maybe Bowling Green, maybe the exception to that, I don't know Bowling Green well enough to speak for it, but the other – the other seven, that's 100% the case, right? I mean, you're, we're talking D2 schools for the most part that uh, that don't have a big football program, don't have a big basketball program to steal that shine. Nothing against the basketball and football programs at the schools, right? We, they, They've all got them, and, and you know, Tex has done well in both of those categories for quite a while, but it's not a D1 sport. This is the showcase for the university uh, from a sporting perspective. So, yeah, I agree with you completely there. There may be a couple of exceptions as well. I mean, when you think about it, Ferris State's basketball program just won a national championship two years ago, and then their football program continues to be in the national, you know, semifinals or finals over the last four years. Uh, but it's Green, still D2, right? It's still D2 in the end. Yeah. So it, it's not the big media attention-grabbing D1-level basketball and football is what I mean. I don't want to make light of the, fo- the football and basketball programs there. They've all been fairly successful uh, at quite a few of the schools, like you're saying. But uh, it is they are primarily hockey schools in the end. Do we know anything in terms of, of playoff plans or anything like that? Has that been discussed in any way yet? I don't think there's been official d- decisions that it has been discussed. I think that, you know, from a league standpoint, it might be worth um, sticking with host sites or local you know, univer- home cities. I forgot the correct term for that. Um, you know, on campus. Um, and, and not neutral sites, and, and see how that goes. Because, again, you know, our arenas are great. Our atmospheres are unbelievable. Our student sections and bands, you know, why why leave that and, and go to a neutral site and and, and whatnot? So I, I think that the league might continue with, with um, you know, on-campus playoff series uh, in, in the meantime. And then if there's a reason to change it down the line, then, then maybe the league will. But uh, you know, I'm a I'm a proponent or a big big advocate of that, and um, you know, I think that's uh, maybe a direct a direction the league will continue to go in. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. The experience Tech has had in the last few years with either hosting or 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 playing in those type of games at Northern have just been 
fantastic. And you can see just the buzz around it, right? The the games where Tech has played Northern in the playoffs, the shenanigans that have gone on behind the scenes in terms of ticket sales, trying to make sure that, you know, Tech fans aren't overwhelming <laughs> the crowds down in Marquette. You know, it's it's it it drives interest to the league to the point where tickets were a scarcity. You couldn't get a ticket to go see that game uh, in Marquette, and that wasn't even the finals yet at that point, right? So, yeah, it's it's been a format that has been such a relief to see compared to the first few years of WCHA, where it just didn't fit anymore doing the big the big arena that doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily have a North Dakota following to pack it, right? We're all passionate fan bases, but, you know, we don't compare it to the fact that, you know, the, the Fighting Hawks can stuff more fans in an arena on a, on a moment's notice than anyone else in the country. So it, it that format has been great. Huge fan of it. So I'm glad to hear that it's being heavily considered going forward. Good to know. I like that, but one thing that I would like to think about is uh... – and I don't expect you to have an answer for this. It's just uh, tech fans are very well known for being really well traveled. And that might be something that gets lost if it's on campus sites. So it might be worth it to think of opportunities to get like a way fans to think about making it a destination to go see their team in a different building. Okay. Noted. Well, I do think their biggest challenge, Matt, is finding the facility that works if you were to go more neutral because it, like the sizing is just difficult because most of your other rinks are either too big or too small if they're not the campus ones really there's not a ton of choice or or they're or just the not the right lo- spot or the centrally located ones aren't unavailable <clears throat> due to other sports happening at the same time are you yeah, talking about the rush center talking about the rush center the one where i could go and just like hang out for a weekend because it's like 40 minutes from my house yeah i would i would not be sad by the rush center being a a off-campus uh, option, but I would much rather As take I the drive. Right, yeah. I would much rather take the drive and go to a campus arena and see that campus atmosphere. As long as something gets squared from a away fan ticket allocation type of thing so that you know there's a guarantee for the away fans, that kind of stuff. Once you hit the playoffs, I think that becomes important to guarantee that folks that still want to continue to see their team in a postseason run can do so. And they're not getting locked out by the home fan, the home, uh, the home crowd, which I honestly don't think that's been a problem anywhere, but mm-hmm. with Marquette and and Tech. But well, let's let's be fair. the The story is from Drew that from Drew Evans that there were issues with the Bowling Green fans that wanted to go being able to get tickets. Oh, really? The, okay. For that famous championship game that that we won in overtime, where basically yeah. everybody was telling them go get them through your team like your own school and the there's and bowling green was like we're not selling tickets you have to go through tech and it was like a back and forth nobody knows what the truth is well and that right there is where where the league can step in yep and, and make that policy and procedure known well known ahead of time so it's not an event that has to be one school doing something or other, but rather something the league in a, in and of itself follows a policy. Everybody knows about it, and it's well defined ahead of time. And there's not a problem with that if if the policy is there, and you're given your allocation of you know X percentage or whatever number you know gets settled on, and you don't use it, you don't use it, right? And it gets given back, but at least it's a policy that everybody knows about going into it, and everybody is on the same footing as, as they try to get tickets for an, an away game like that. 
Yeah, and, and my point here is a lot less trying to boss Dom around, tell him what to do and what I want. He <laughs> just, seems like a great guy yeah. <laughs> with a great head on his shoulder. I just think this is, you know, some good stuff to get, you know, like the wheels turned, especially while, you know, like we're talking this nine months ahead of puck drop. So I, I think a compromise to what you're saying, Matt, in maybe, you know, some sort of in-season showcase for the league, right, a, where there is a, a set schedule so teams and fans aren't trying to arrange travel on, you know, five days notice and, or something like that. You know, it's not, it's too, it's too late to get something done next year, but maybe in the future, that's something that you could look at, you know, a way to showcase the league in some way um, in a, in a set tournament or a set, you know, event at a different arena. All good stuff, guys. Uh, noted. I will bring up the ticket disputes, um, you know, before playoffs next year with our athletic directors. Uh, it all makes sense. But keep in mind, if you could sell out 4,000 seats at the Barry Event Center in Northern Michigan fans, uh, or you could sell 2,000, you know, Northern Michigan, 2,000 Michigan Tech, what do you think Northern Michigan's going to choose? So yeah. keep that <laughs> no, in mind. We right? already know yeah. the answer to that one. We're not saying we don't understand what they were doing. We get it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, yeah. there's got to yeah. be a, a, a – yep. I mean, there's a reason to win games is to have home ice advantage. For right? sure. So there's got to be, um, you know – there's there's got to be a home ice advantage. Yeah, it's, it's not participation trophies, you know, in, nope. in, yeah. in college hockey and playoffs. So. <laughs> Absolutely, our bigger our bigger concern with that is less that we didn't want to go down there and make it, you know, Tech East. That wasn't our plan. It was more that it was completely inaccessible to get it online, which even made made the it made the game even inaccessible to you know northern alumni that were hoping to make it up right. to that game. The, yeah, it was a big kerfuffle with their own alumni that wanted to come up. So, which says a lot about the league, guys. That's that's awesome. I mean, supply and demand. This says a lot about For sure. the league. Yeah, agreed. Yep. I don't know why we would complain about it. I mean, <laughs> it was, the whatever's going whatever's going on at Northern right now works pretty well. We haven't lost there in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If there were fans, we'd be allowed at all of those games. They don't block us out of regular season games. Well, it doesn't matter if we it's regular season or the so. playoffs. So we end up winning at Barry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, now pride comes before fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a good run. I've I've spent a lot of time down there when it's not been good. So. <laughs> I mean, I remember Jordan Foot turtling in the middle of a fight in a game that was what. One nothing, uh, and or I don't even remember how bad that was, but I remember it being a, like I think I went to the bathroom at puck drop, and before I came out, we were losing one nothing. So I remember the bad days. Yep, there's been some ups and downs. There's no doubt. <laughs> Northern still leads the all time, unfortunately, but we're hoping to get back there soon. <laughs> uh let's see. So you kind of touched on this, I think, earlier, but Mike Antleitner, our columnist, wants to know if the new league will be promoted more aggressively at the national level. It, and he said that his, his commentary was that it always seems seemed that the WCHA has limited vision and a strictly regional or even small town perspective, and nor did they show much innovation in social media or publicity. Yeah, so I think that goes with what I was saying where, you know, our graphics are going to be modern and futuristic. Our, our, we're planning on, you know, uh, don't hold me to anything, guys, because I don't know what roadblocks you see down the line. But you know, initially, again, it's only my third or fourth week with the league. But you know, I want to do a, a weekly, you know, video 
Um, I know the WCHA currently has one that's seven or eight minutes long. I'm thinking CCHA and 58 recap, you know, the previous weekend, promote maybe a teaser of, a, of an interview that's going to be announced later on in the week, and then maybe promote one or two big games, you know, all in 58 seconds kind of because nowadays people don't have that attention span, so you got to go to, you know, what's um, current and, and what your fan base wants. So, you know, we're talking – high-end graphics, high-end motion graphics, uh, weekly videos that have awesome you know, motion graphic animations in them, um, a weekly or monthly podcast, um, you know, better streams, better cameras, better colors and, and brighter pictures and, and now highlights, um, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, the best Division One college hockey conference website of the six as well. So, you know, uh, I, I, I believe the question was something about, you know, small town feel. You've got to remember, though, you, you are who you are. I mean, you know, we aren't big cities. You know, we are small towns. So that is who we are. But we can make ourselves, you know, look the best we could possibly look, all with, the, with planning through digital media you know, platforms and, and whatnot. Uh, working on getting pricing on quotes for, uh, uh, a television production uh, or production for a television commercial. Hopefully that could then be, you know, relayed to the NCAA tournament for the Frozen Four on ESPN from a national standpoint, um, as well as relayed back into um, video boards, rinks that video boards um, and their streaming platforms um, as well. And, you know, hopefully the NHL network and whatnot. So a uh, lot of good things in the mind or in, in the plans, but of course it all comes down to, to the dollar and, you know, I can only get quotes of the best, you know, product I could do for the cheapest I could find it. And if, if the league votes, they want to go forward with it. Great. If not, I fully support the league as well. So it's all what we can do. Um, but just know that, you know, I guess to answer that question, every avenue of, you know, that big league, that, 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 whatever you want, like, can we get it done feel? It's all going to be explored. It's up to see if, if, if the universities are willing to, to go forward with it or not. So all I can promise is that it's put in front of everybody, and then we go from there, and whatever we do, I know whatever they do, the ADs, I'm going to support them, and I'll have their best, they'll have our best interests in mind. So you spoke earlier a lot about all the meetings you've had. What kind of discussions have you guys had that you can talk about or share as far as what what's going on behind the scenes right now i can tell you the website partner has been at the forefront uh, i think we're close to finalizing that partner here real soon um and then that website design will be underway uh, i know a discussion of the app has been uh brought up do we have one as a league or not do we need one as a league or not um, you know, changing our, you know, live stats and our standings instead of a plain text, you know, look, it's native in our website. Um, it, everything is one-stop shop. Our live scores page, everything is native and, and, and user-friendly. Um, our streaming TV partner has already been picked through Flow Sports and announced, uh, but upgrading that. I think right now they're at 720p at 30 frames a second. Oh, I talked to them today about, hey, can we go 1080p at 60 frames a second? And That'd they be said, glorious. And they oh. said, absolutely, as long as your teams can move forward with it, right? I, so, watch, I watch the games on my iPad because it looks better than watching it on my bigger screen. 
Yeah. And that's exactly. not right. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we have a licensing company uh, for, for an online merchandise store that, that we're working with as well with cool CCHA swag and apparel. Um, we, we are looking into upgrading our official video review servers or systems as well from, you know, 30 frames per second to 60 frames per second in all buildings and, um, you know, all those type of things, every area you can think of, you know, that could be upgraded. You know, these are the discussions. Should we do this? Should we not? Should we table it for another year, um, you know, and, and, and come back? But regardless, like I continue to say, these are all things that are being thought about now in January and February, not in October and September or September and October, or it's too late. And it's just the same. It's the same. So. Um, you know, these are some of the conversations that are being had right now and, and just more so, hey, can we save monies in, in certain areas um, to then repurpose that money in, in areas for fans and players? For example, um, you know, does the league need a central office where we're paying, you know, rent, utilities, whatever, um, you know, tables or desks, computers, all that? Or can we let our staff work remotely and save X amount of dollars a year, then repurpose that towards our streaming and our, you know, official video review cameras, things like that, uh, that not saying it's a fault from any league, it's more of what we learned with the pandemic and the times that we've been through in the year and how we could reposition our dollars internally to be better elsewhere um, and, and just do things right from day number one. I mean, even down to our gold nets, guys, like, can we have brighter white nets and then post painted every week you know what i mean so that's like the nhl every every night you know so these are all the type of discussions that, that those might not cost much but just mandates or, or league reg regulations moving forward so um, you know we really are trying to do things the right way our ad's have been fantastic our commissioner has been unbelievable um and and again as i mentioned before i'm bringing ideas up or things that are been brought up Nothing is 100% yes. It might not be this year. It might be next year. Regardless, like I keep saying, we're having these conversations now, and that's what's important. So, Well, it's nice to hear the the wanting to be the first to do certain things, not wanting to be the, you know, the NCHC did this, so now we have to. The Big yeah. Ten did this, so now we have to. Let's be the first to do something and have it catch on instead. Sounds like a fantastic uh, way to approach running the league in general. A big fan of that, just that messaging in and of itself. Along the same lines, Rob, and hear me out, Rob. What do you <laughs> think about a puck that glows when it's, you see it on TV, and then when there's a slap shot, there's like a flame that comes out behind it? You're trying to get this man to consider Fox tracks. I cannot believe I have to talk about this in the cut content this week. That's ridiculous. Hey, it, it might help. It might help the cameraman follow the puck if he can see it right away. <laughs> It's going to help people get into hockey, guys. It's not going to look ridiculous at all. You know, another thing you guys can kind of cut in there, too, is this week or last week, I sent out a survey to all eight members, and it was long. I mean, I feel bad for SIDs, uh, but just ask them everything for their streaming uh, components. You know, what switcher do you use? What replay unit do you use? When were your lights installed? Like, all those type of things. What's your producer's contact information? What's your... Um, your IT engineers contact information. So, you know, I do recognize that, you know, that has been, you know, an issue with maybe our cameraman might not follow the puck as easily. 
um, you know, hopefully maybe moving forward, the league has um, yeah, a little that... bit tighter grip on that where, you know, we're in contact with everybody and just, hey, you know, this is maybe a little difficult to watch from afar. You know, would you mind, you know, relaying a message to, you know, maybe zoom out a bit or, or you know, uh, not so jittery. So it's not, you know, something where it's a problem, it's reported three days later, then it gets to the producer a week later if we miss another series. It's things that will happen that night and will continue to make the league look better, um, you know, over yeah. time. So these are the type of things, again, don't cost much, if anything, but just how do you have a better image moving forward that we're already working on internally. Um, so. Yeah, there's nothing better than, you know, posting a message on Twitter and then having whatever the official account is for the school or flow or somebody answering it right away and saying, yeah, we're aware of it, we're working on it. It may not seem like a lot, but from a perfect uh, per perspectives of of the league paying attention, the teams paying attention to the problem, and, and actually acting upon that is it's huge for that perception that the league cares about the fans that are watching remotely. And and this year, most people are doing that; they're watching remotely. So, understandably, things are a little more stressed than than what they may have been previously when you've got fans in the arena, but seeing that someone is actually watching what you're talking about or responding to a tweet or a complaint or or an issue that you're having is is always really good to see. Yeah, and like I mentioned, from a league standpoint, we will have somebody constantly monitoring every game uh, at all times. So um, Again, that doesn't sound like a lot of work to me. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably know about the issue before the fans do um, and already be on it. So that's something we can assure that your streaming dollars moving forward will be uh, you know, worth it. Is, is there plans from the league perspective to try and get – I know I think we kind of talked about this with Harrison last week, but we noticed a couple weeks ago that, the, that Flow Hockey – has started to allow us to listen to the road play-by-play for the ECHL, ECHL that, yeah. games. Is that something the CCHA is looking at making possible? It is. Um, I, I've had a conversation with the engineers at Flow Sports uh, two weeks ago now. Um, did request it. Um, did request information on it, I should say. Um, but there's some things we got to work through. Um, you know, there's in our, in our ranks and I don't think it's the case in Michigan tech, but for example, you know, Bemidji state, Minnesota state, now Bowling Green has some games, Ferris state. When you have in-house TV productions, um, say it's on, you know, the broadcaster, uh, the cameras on the broadcaster and they're saying one thing and then you're listening to the visiting stream and it's not. That happens up. a lot. Yeah. yeah. It just looks real amateur in my opinion. So is the benefit there to allow a home in a way? I mean, is, is the, is there, I guess the way you have to look at it from a league standpoint, is it worth investing in running? I know it's just a cable or two, but is it worth investing running cables and monitoring that situation so a few fans can listen to the visiting broadcaster um, and, and not, and then you don't even have a good product where your audio is not matching up to the video uh, or what they're talking about. It's not matching up uh, to what the camera's showing. Um, 
compare it to can you repurpose that and then go from 720p and 30 frames per second to 1080p and 60 frames per second what would you rather I'll, do i'll with take that i'll take the video on the home announcer please yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so I'll, um, I'll take the i'll take the full hd over 100 yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not even a choice you don't yeah, need to ask no. anybody else just take no. my opinion there. i if i still want dirk i can sync it up myself right. that's fine <laughs> I'll listen to anybody if it's coming in a 1080 with 60 FPS. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing that we're working on from a league standpoint. And again, hey guys, I've been a broadcaster for the last 13 consecutive years, and it was very tough to give up, you know, um, when accepting this position because that's where I thought I was going to get to the NHL as, but um, and just weeks ago too. But uh, you know, those are the discussions we're having internally. Um, I know as a broadcaster, yeah, you want to give your fans a chance to listen to you on the road, but you know, let's think about our product first and, and, and maybe not, you know, uh, about just our broadcast uh, in, in general. So, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy listening to the home announcers, to be honest. I am one of the few that doesn't take the time to sync Dirk up. I like, I like that other perspective, uh, for sure. That's not, uh, that's not a problem for me. I don't tend to do that. So <laughs> that's not a feature I care about, to be honest, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I agree with that. I think there's some, I think it's kind of neat to see another perspective, especially if they're doing a bang up job, like especially, you know, like Ferris comes to mind, Mankato comes to mind. I like Bemidji as well. It's kind of just neat to hear the game from a different perspective. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the vast majority of the, the announcers in the, in the league. There's definitely been improvement in some of the ones that were bad, for sure, you know, over the last few years. In Huntsville, night and day, but, uh, their new broadcast was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. But, yeah, it's definitely, it's it's a part of the experience, I think, listening to that away game. It's part of the feel of an away game, you know, to hear that other uh, other announcer. Not that I don't love listening to Derek, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of listening to Derek. Uh, for sure, but uh, I, I like hearing the home perspective as well. It's also fun to hear what, the home home announcers have to say about the traveling fan base, you know, and then in what perspective does, does that home announcer have on your school too? Right. So I like that. I like listening to that. And with flow hockey, I on Friday and Saturday nights, I tend to be watching more than just the tech game too, right? I'll have two, two streams going for sure. uh, At minimum, if the games are going, that is one of the things we will be losing. Unfortunately, we won't have the late night Alaska uh, game anymore. Right. That's, that's been a, that's been a nice nightcap for, for the last few years of, okay, I can watch a game in Central Time or in Eastern Time. I can watch a Central Time game, and then I can watch an Alaska game. And it just my Friday and Saturdays are set, right? But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be losing that. Hopefully there will be enough, uh, enough travel non-conference that uh, we can still watch Alaska games. Who knows? Maybe with COVID we've learned that, you know, spacing games out and, and helping with travel might be beneficial. Sorry, I think I had an internet connection problem. Yeah, no worries. And you never know. Alaska, Alaska is still going to be around. Fairbanks, they might still be on flow. Yeah, I'm not sure who they're going to use. I haven't heard anything there. Well, since we're paying for it already, hopefully it's flow. <laughs> right, yeah. That'd be fine with me. You guys got anything else? No, I just really want to thank Dom. I think he gave some really thorough answers and has had me really excited for the move to the CCHA. Well, we did have two other questions, and they're both kind of about officiating, but I don't know if you have anything to do with that. So I'll I'll let you ask the generic question of, uh, do you have anything you can say about the fishing play, officiating plans before I get into the questions that were actually asked? 
I think our league will announce Wednesday or Thursday this week who the director of officials will be. Okay. That's good to hear. I got one question that may relate to kind of the marketing branding angle of officiating. What's the chance that the in-ice experience includes, you know, Mike refs at some point for the CCHA? Already under discussions and uh, under in the works. I would love to see us be the leader in that because I don't think any other college conference does it right now. Yeah, I think the Big Ten, the NCAA. Is the Big Ten doing it? Yeah. Okay. You're you're talking about where the referee, Mike, says the NHL. The NHL style of explaining it so we get rid of that. Oh, here's a five-minute review and no one knows what's going on game. (laughs) Yep, that is – I've already – Don Lucia, our commissioner, has already brought that up and asked me my thoughts on it. Um, uh, And then I've already talked with our director of officials about it as well, who will be announced this week. Um, And then, again, it just comes down to, you know, does does the league as a whole want to move forward with it Uh, and then investment, which – you know, it's one of those questions is what's the point of investing in when there's no return on your money? But at the same time, there's that token of a sense of professionalism, big division one level. Yep. And so those are the conversations, like I said, that are being had right now. It, it is something that's hard to quantify, but I totally see the value in all of us watching and listening, knowing what's being reviewed. I it's, think that's it's the not biggest even, thing. It's not even a remote fan perspective thing either, too, no. right? That's huge for in in arena experience as well. And it really yeah. does give it it gives the big time feel to the league if that's there. Yep. It's a great question and all I could let you guys know and I can assure you guys that A, it's already been thought of, it's already been discussed internally, um, and it's on it's on the, the to do list. So who knows if it happens, but it, it, nothing's been left behind. All right, great. And it's nice to hear that the head of officials has been hired and we should find out soon who that is, probably before most people actually hear this podcast. So uh, that's good to hear. Um, So we'll probably have somebody else that we can maybe get on here at some point, huh? I could facilitate (laughs) that. Yeah, that'd be good. See how that goes. I think you guys will recognize the name as well. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things that I've I've been happy to see with just in general the way the league's progressed is that it's folks that have some history with the league but still I think make sense and are looking forward with the league rather than looking backwards. Yes. Right? You know, the seeing goal. the the hire with with Don Lucia, you know, you with your history in the league, it, it they've all been they've all been really uh really good hires to see and have been positive hires, I think. Well, anything else for Dom? Otherwise, I think we can let him go. It's been an hour, so about what I was hoping to to do. Get the end. Yeah. Everything good, guys? Just one one more thing. Um, okay. Those of us on the podcast here are really big fans of Anderson's maple syrup. <laughs> so any chance that we can get that, you know, continue that relationship with Anderson's, you know, we love them. And especially their pure fuel. Oh my god! I will uh, pass that message along. It's... And if you, and if you talk to them, we really want a sponsorship from them for the podcast. <laughs> it, it, it is, Would you just the... tweet at Anderson's maple syrup? I'm sure it's not that hard to get a sponsorship. No, I already, I have, I have tried that. He had, he had. Okay, their, their, their Twitter account is not exactly active. All right, so it is, it is the perfect the Midwestern pod. sponsorship. Everyone who listens <laughs> to the pod, just go harass Anderson's maple syrup on your favorite social media platform until. The sponsor tech hockey guide. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, on that front, are, are there are there efforts right now for like a title sponsor and that kind of stuff? Is that in the works or anything been done on that? I, I think it's in the works. I feel like everything has been in the works. Um, yeah. You know, maybe nothing to report there, but uh, again, broken record. Great to be having these conversations in January and February, not September, no, I agree. October. So, I mean, you uh, guys got to be excited just to get to the point where all you can finally show all this stuff, right? You're working behind the scenes, working behind the scenes, yeah. working behind the scenes, right? Yeah. And and it's obvious you you can't let things go before they're they're out there, right? And that's I'm not asking you to or expecting you to, but being having to hide your work for so long it's just got to yeah. be frustrating and you're just ready to mm-hmm. to move forward to the next year right and make it be fruition of sports you know yeah. it's it's that's par for the course it's normal so well yeah. and i'm sure some of it too is there's certain things that i mean you're not a league yet like you exist but you're not like the wcha is still there right now so it's not like a lot of those things can happen till till the college hockey season is over and those teams have left and and they're actually in the new league so some of that i get that a lot of that's waiting till that's over that's the thing too is we want to do this the right way with character and class and we understand Mm -hmm. that this you know that there may be you know some hard feelings and whatnot and um you know so we want to kind of you know start getting our brand out there and you know you could probably see on the ccha hockey twitter there's you know, a few tweets a week or a day or something, but we're not trying to, you know, I guess overshadow anybody right now. But, you know, once the college hockey season ends and we officially become a conference, then, you know, we'll kick things up to full gear. But in the meantime, we want to be respectful to the WCHA and, and those people that have been working hard for so long. So, and that's not, you know, uh, coach speak or cliche. I mean, that has been discussed internally. We all feel that way. We want to, you know, do it the right way and be, be respectful about the situation. So. No, that's the right way to go about doing it. I, I think that's definitely the way it should be. And is a good thing. Yeah. And what I think excites me the most about talking with you is that this kind of a jump is going to require every institution to be all in right away, get all their ducks in a row, make sure everyone's on the same page. And it sounds like you're the type of guy that's going to make that happen. I appreciate that. I, you know, can't speak for, for, you know, about myself that way, but that's, that's my goal. So hopefully everybody else feels the same. Yeah. We're looking forward to seeing the actual product next year and seeing where it goes. Yeah, guys, hoping to deliver, you know, a, a great user-friendly website with awesome highlights and, uh, you know, great social media content and, and awesome graphics and motion graphics and, and the like. So, you know, really hoping to, to make you guys proud. Um, you know, I look at this as I serve you, the fans, and our players, and our coaches, and our students, and our bands, and our sponsors, and everybody else. So, um, you know, I'd be glad to, to offer my email address. It's it's public on the CCHA website already, but um, it's my last name. It's Hennig at CCHA.com. Uh, be careful. It's not Henning. Uh, it's H-E-N-N-I-G, <laughs> Hennig um, at CCHA.com. And if you guys have any other suggestions, um, requests, things that doesn't work for you as a fan right now that you'd like the CCHA to do, um, all open, all ears. So Hennig, H-E-N-N-I-G at CCHA.com. Matt will get that in the liner notes, right? Yeah, I will. And thank you again so much for your time. <laughs> this has really been awesome. Yeah. yeah, thanks for joining us. If there's ever anything that you – you know, that you think is different and new and, and you're really proud of, don't be afraid to, to tag 
the the website so we can make sure that we check it out and and um yeah let us know and maybe we can have you back on when we get closer to the season if there's anything you ever want to talk about or anything cool that's come up that you want to share with us uh, feel free to let me know so we can get the word out to our fans and and everybody so i i look forward to seeing what comes of all of this so thanks for joining us happy to help guys god bless good night yeah have a good one dom all right night uh, well i don't really want to talk a whole lot more uh we yeah, probably have I, agree. I can probably go 95 minutes because we had a nice little break there and i'll leave probably a lot of that like unedited for patrons but um I think, so the big yeah. thing i wanted to talk about was let's just go right to the joe show first is there anything big that came out of that today for you guys um trying to think there's something that came up oh yeah i think it was kind of you know talking about how ferris is a little deceiving in their record and that you know they're they're a better team than we lead on to be joe had to make some adjustments um i think it was also kind of cool he touched on that like in order to develop his uh defensive scheme he looked to like those uh national championship ferris teams and how they kind of lock teams down so it's kind of, you know, coming back around to it. But overall, to kind of summarize the Ferris series, I would say that I went in there and I was the biggest guy that thought Ferris was going to take one away. But in those both, in both of those games, I just saw Tech absolutely figure them out and shut them down. So I'm very happy to eat my words on that. And it was cool to see them make that kind of a stride. Yeah, it felt like the only way Tech was losing one of those games is if somebody had a, a, a Dryden McCabe Blake Pietala make a bunch of saves that they have no business making type that game. That said that, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I think it was, um, I saw somebody post the four, the four photos of Stein. Yeah, that's my, yeah, that that's was, my buddy Brad. Those that was are, a crazy those save. Are, are those Brad's photos, actually? Those, I wasn't sure if they were Brad's or, or Brad's not. Those are Brad's photos. I'll, I'm definitely looking at those in the liners of proper credit. Because yeah, that those, picture that, was incredible. Gotta, and it's everywhere. He's got. He's got. You can't just have the one picture though. You got to have the whole four series. I'll, I'll link the, the whole Brad tweet, the tweet. In there. So everyone's yeah, that following tweet was Brad, nice. look at Fantastic. his content and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, th- those are great. Yeah, it was. We'll have to get good uh, looking. Some of those in there for uh, for the next time we play Ferris, we can use some photos that he took of that game. So. Um, I think those are the ones that Brad has up, but I have a Google Drive of Shane's photos, and those are the ones that I've been oh, using. Oh, Shane's, yeah. okay. Gotcha. I, can, yep. I, can no, def- I got friends that take photos of all the tech home games. So no, we, we should be getting some nice photos now that we're at home again. Yeah, so. now that we've got boots on the ground taking photos for us, that's kind of nice. Did you get to listen today, Dustin? Nope. Okay, so that's why I haven't heard you chime in with a Joe... Joe Joeism because there was one today. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was talking about he was talking about how all the um how me, how much of the the team that he has constructed are pretty quiet, mild guys, and he compared them to ducks. And he and he was talking about how they're how they're quiet on top and they're they're frantic under the water. Yes, swimming. And that was his Joeism of the day, and I I kind of liked it because I know he talked. Was it the, earlier this week? Or earlier in this episode where he talked about um, Sinclair. I think that was last week where he was talking about how even-keeled Sinclair is and how he felt like he hasn't gotten the chance to... That was last week, I believe, um, he was talking about how he said, yeah, I, I wish I could tell you I got the chance to know Mark super well, but he's a really quiet and reserved guy who just kind of gets yeah. down to business, you know? Yeah. 
but he made some like in, in when he was talking about the duck comparison thing he was talking about how uh like a lot of the players if you if you walked up to them and were like i'm sorry to tell you this son but but your dog got hit by a bus be like yeah the, okay the, coach, the kid would be me. like yeah yeah <laughs> it was kind of weird um but i also get that like in in many respects i think that's a great attitude to have in sports that it keeps you from getting too down on yourself when you're when things aren't going well and keeps you in the right frame of mind when things are going well that that they're that you're not like high flying and and getting out of control because things are going well and i kind of think that that uh for as much as like tuesday's game kind of felt like like we could lose that one at the same time it never really got there it was it was a great series like the whole three game stretch was other than that other than at the very end like if that if that goal I'm very thankful left. tech got that that I'm very thankful tech got the second goal when they did so that the so they could allow that one with eight seconds left and not um be tied but in many respects like especially carnival weekend it was really nice to see the game just kind of progress and tech just keep building and building and building as the game went on instead of like I never got that sense that we we were ever having a huge letdown and letting yeah. a team the team back into the game mm -hmm. even if we weren't winning seven nothing or anything like that it just felt like we were in control yeah. the whole time um I the one big thing that I did want to touch on about tech this year is you see it every week is that the i think the team's biggest issue right now is faceoffs and they're still struggling with that so they've got three guys who have taken more than 80 faceoffs and those three guys are a combined what is it plus 6 minus 27 and minus 21 so so they're a combined like minus fifty or so on faceoffs. It's not great. Like Misiak is the only guy that's in the top three that's above five hundred, and the other two are Kateroth and Pietala. And if I if I took more time, because the only place I know to find this info is on College Hockey Inc., I could kind of dig through and see if College Hockey News has it too. They have faceoffs on theirs. Yeah, it's in the advanced stats. It's a column on advanced stats. Okay, I know it's on College Hockey Inc., so that's where I found. I've, I don't know if see College Hockey News had that before, but anyway, so I found it there, and you know, like Trenton Bliss is fifty four percent, Logan Ganey's fifty one percent, but neither of those guys have taken a ton of them. They're in like the seventy ish range, it looks like, but Missy at Kataroth and Pietel are the primary ones, and. Both Kateroth and Pietel are around like 44%, and it's just not good enough. And I know Joe's talked about it and worked on it, and I think one of the biggest things they need to do is be better about not giving up so many clean face-off wins that make it hard for the team to help the centermen actually get the win. Yeah, um, so if you if you go to College Hockey News on the advanced metrics for the actual team, it has the full year on there. We're at forty two percent or forty seven percent face off wins for the year itself. And uh, you know, the big guys obviously that are taking a lot of them. Missy X at fifty two percent for the whole year. 
Bliss is nowhere near the numbers of Miss Yak, but he's at 56%. Pietala's out there with uh, 46%. And Kataroth is the other guy that's taken a lot, and he's at 44 So, yeah, there's nobody out there that we've got that's like a the, the center man that goes out and dominates. Anyway, I think we answered that. We can get on to predictions. What do you guys think is going to happen this week? Let's wrap this up since we're at 100 minutes. Yeah, I think with both Lake State and Arapamidji and with this, I think it's going to be a question of whether we see Jekyll or Hyde. Like, both those teams have shown that they have some tremendous upside and some they've shown that they've had some tremendous downside as well. And I, especially thinking of Bemidji, I think of, like, just getting their doors blown off by Northern this weekend, like by a team that's far lesser than them. Like, are we going to see a Lake state team tomorrow? That's like rearing to go and jacked up. If they just took off one of the top teams in the league, or are we going to see a team that thinks they can coast against us? I guess for are we going to see a team that's, you know, pissed off and rearing to go trying to get back at us for the very disappointing sweep against Northern. Or are we going to see a team that's really reserved from that? So I think this is a really tough three-game series to predict. I think tomorrow we escape from an overtime win. I think we win 3-2. That's my prediction for the Lake State first game. And I think we split Bemidji losing Friday and winning Saturday. Yeah, I think it's it's it, both those teams, like you said, have had really good weekends and they've had really good bad weekend or really bad weekends. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how they each play. I'm hoping that, uh, that we see the bad, right. <laughs> Just from our perspective, but, we, we want to see yeah, the bad, they, especially because it's at home. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, they're, they're, they're both coming off of sweeping weekends, whether they're a good sweep or a bad sweep depends on which team. Right. So they they've both had a had a really up or really down weekend. So my hope is that you know Lake State comes off that sweep of Bowling Green and we can you know stop them from starting a nice streak up right and and we win tomorrow. But I don't know. Uh, we're on a winning streak ourselves and we're we're due for a letdown right. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh, a loss tomorrow to to Lake State a close loss, and then uh, we pick back up win on Friday and 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 lose on Saturday. So I'm going to go, I'll be the negative guy and go one out of three. All right, Dustin, your negativity seems to be helping the team win. So what do you got this week? All three, three losses, Dustin's all three. three. <laughs> <laughs> Keep being negative, Dustin. It's working. Yeah. It doesn't work when I get positive. So yeah, <laughs> we're getting pounded this week. I, I mean, at least a touchdown <laughs> loss per game. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i love it so i get to be mr positivity and go for the three-fourths of the way through the mega sweep part do there we go mega sweep part do there's your title right there yeah, it's, it's not bad no, it's i don't not. want it but i don't know no. like we need to have a we need to have a catchy one for this week like yeah, I don't think Girthy Hot Dog did as much favors for the listeners this week. But that was really funny, and it made me really <laughs> smile to put it in there. Even yeah, if it I wonder what uh, I wonder what uh, Harrison's girlfriend thought of the title. I'll I'll have to ask him. That's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the Tech sweep. I think they win tomorrow because I think they're going to be seeking some redemption from earlier this season. 
the Bemidji series is the one that I'm less likely to feel we can do that just because we know we've had issues with them at times where they where we we have a letdown and they get two three goals in a couple minutes and and that kind of is the game um but i'll take the sweep since since you guys didn't and you know i almost we'll see what happens i almost like that better because you know if northern can do it why can't we especially because we've been able to you know take northern down every time even when we were a little immature so everybody go and buy mcm t-shirts I'll for the for those that are actually watching, I'll pull up my sweatshirt. Dustin's MCM shirt finally got here. He sent They're it super with cool. He sent it with the Andersons Pure Fuel, so I've got a shot of maple syrup, whatever I'm feeling like it. They're good. Man looking. Crush Monday. Man Crush Monday. They've got they're like a nice metallic silver. I'm into it. Yeah, it kinda looks like I something like you it. pulled out of your grandpa's closet in the coolest possible way. <laughs> Alright. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Thanks again to Dominic Hennig from the CCHA for joining us this week. I think we're all really excited to see what happens there. I will say one other thing about that. In our Discord chat today, we were talking about the WCHA and whether or not they'd ever had four teams in the top 20 in the poll before. And somebody made the comment about having four teams in the Frozen Four. And I'm like, I don't think anybody was talking about that, that era. WCHA. That iteration, so, yeah. So we're kind of, I think that is still the one thing that's my hang up on the name choice is we're still going to have that issue of... Yeah, that's like, not. Do we count the old history or not? And I, feel I just like those... wish we could move on and be. I fresh. feel like those decisions, the the league name was chosen before the current league leadership was in place. Maybe we have a different decision, if if uh, if the people that are there were given time, but you can't turn that back, right? So no, and I it is what it is. But I don't really have a problem with the decision because at the same time there also is a gap. So it, and it's a fresh logo and a fresh start. And I mean, we didn't even get like a legitimately different logo with the WCHA. Like it was tweaked, but it's the same freaking logo that, that we played under all those years. So anyway, please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide patrons at the black level or above receive an authentic MTU Jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast patrons at the white level or above get access to the monthly zoom chat featuring guests like John Scott, Joe, Sean, Brad Patterson, and more to come. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through our email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash ChasingMacPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know, and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach, so tell your friends. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, you can check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.